Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four. On the outside, don't tell me again, cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past at the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rockin' in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark's going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy up! Well, it's good to know that Bozich finally showed up to work. No, I'm just kidding. He's got another action-packed rendition of time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA and Bet America. Mike Carter joined by the one and only Mike Bozich. And uh, listen, we haven't been on the show uh, together in uh, quite some time. No, we haven't. And uh, it's good to uh, hear your voice and talk to you again, my friend. It's been uh, kind of a wild ride over the past uh, couple of weeks, but you know what? We're back. And uh, how about the uh, little brown jug? Uh, I'll tell you what, it was another great day of racing and you had a chance to witness it firsthand, my friend. Yeah, it was. And uh, witnessing Southwind Ozzy do what he did was absolutely amazing. And then how about Fast and First, Brett Miller and those guys, Blake McIntosh yeah. trying to set himself up for a double Little Brown jo- little brown Jug token. Uh, it was really cool to watch. And then we went to Hoosier Park the following night and saw some great racy action there as well. Lots of great things going on. But uh, Mike, I'm headed, to, I'm headed to see our guys in South Florida uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah, I know that's got to be exciting for you, Mike, uh, having a chance to call on the big stage, Gulfstream Park. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, we always talk about uh, the difference between calling thoroughbreds and calling harness. And uh, I know you've done both. I've done both. As a matter of fact, I'll be at Parks this whole weekend. But uh, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely different. And I have to tell you, my man Pete Methurst was the guy that actually turned me on to recognizing horses by caps because I'll tell oh, yeah. you, when they get three, four, five wide uh, and their uh, noses apart around the far turn, especially, which is pretty much the farthest point from the announcer's booth to the horse, the horses, then, uh, you know, you have to, by all means necessary, any means necessary, you have to try to figure <laughs> out ways to identify them. Because a lot of times when they're like that, you can't see jockey silks, you can't see uh, saddle pad numbers. So, you know, you have to go by face masks and uh, blinkers and caps. And I'll tell you what, I can't begin to tell you, Mike, how many times uh, knowing the color of the jockey's caps have bailed me out in identifying a horse. Well, listen, I've got the benefit of Trackus on my side. So uh, hopefully no, the no, chicklets will all be in good shape. Mike, that's hey, the listen, cheap way out. Okay. You can't hey, do that. No, no one has to know that I use Trackus. 
Nobody has hey, to Hey, is Pruitt on the line? Is that Pruitt? Oh, yeah. Pruitt's there. Gabe, I you mean, would never right. rely on Trackus. You would never rely on Trackus to call a race, would you? You know, one thing I can say for certain, Mike, I would never publicly admit I rely on Trackus to <laughs> race. So that, that I can assure you both. <laughs> Oh well, man! You know, obviously, well, obviously Carter is ready to depend on it. He is obviously ready to go down a golf stream. He's not going to look out the window one time. He's just going to sit there on his rear end and use Trackus. But I'm going to tell you what: how many times? How many times has Trackus been wrong? And I got to tell you, oh, it's 20. been quite a bit, to be honest. Hey, hey Gabe, the first you know, the it, first race I have is 14 going seven, so I might need Trackus. Okay. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's going to be quite the uh, the entertainment uh, there. Sounds like yeah, you know the good thing, Mike. You could actually look out the window at Gulfstream, and Trackus is also on the bottom of the tow board. So you actually can uh, hey. kind of double dip. You can be watching the race and, you know, cheat a little if you may. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, nobody has to know. You know, listen, nobody has to be aware that Carter's cheating, okay? You know. <laughs> you, you, could, you could have somebody in the booth with you, and they wouldn't even know. You could be looking right out the window at Trackus as opposed to watching the race. Anyway, well, we we... give you any bad habits, though. So good <laughs> luck. That's going to be a great time for you. We yeah, had gonna... down at when I started, guys. When I got started calling races, it was down at the Birmingham Race Course calling dog races, and we used to race double headers uh, four or five days a week. So we actually Did they have had two different. Down at the Birmingham Race Course? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they had no, show beds, though. That's for sure. <laughs> Anyway, so so we had two announcers, and we uh, I was the, the the stable announcer, I will say. The other kind of was just a part time gig, only calling three four cards a week, and so we went through quite a few of them. So we had one guy; he was a radio uh, DJ, and I'm not I'm gonna I'm not going to say the name to protect the innocent, but he he come in and he was a big shot, and he says, well, you know, he goes, how hard can this be? And I'm trying to give him pointers, and he didn't want to hear it, so he got to the point where he wasn't even looking out the window. We had a nice big lazy boy in the booth and he would just sit there with his feet up and call the race off the tv and we had glass partitions that separated the office and the chart writer absolutely hated him so one day while he was calling the race right in the middle of the race uh the chart writer had a had a universal remote that hooked up with all the tvs he changed the channel on him right in the middle of the race and 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 listen he was a bigger dude he was a bigger dude and you should have seen him scramble he got up he almost fell out of the chair the mic went flying it was the funniest thing i ever seen in my life to be honest that's great that is great somebody will pull the plug on track is halfway through the far turn of that 14 horse field and then uh yeah and then i'll be in real trouble in south florida all right. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us today. Call back again soon. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> we got, uh, we've got Gabe on for a very good reason, guys, because the Grand Circuit meet at the Red Mile is getting ready to start. It's actually getting ready to start today, am I right? It's about uh, 142 minutes to post, I believe, right, uh, right now, Mike. So, yes, this is, uh, this is fresh for sure. Man, no question. And you are you in the booth as we speak? I am not. I am uh, – Packing some things up. I'm about to go pick up my cohort, Mr. Brower, and then we will be at the track shortly. Listen, Fantastic. if he was in the booth already, he'd be dripping sweat, okay? <laughs> it's you know, actually first not the... that bad here today. It's around 80 degrees in the next three days. A little overcast today. Uh, you'd say at least partly cloudy. Uh, the next three days are supposed to be the 90s, so it's going to be uh, wicked hot the, uh, the next three cards. You know, and with this track, who knows what types of miles we can see as well. Yeah, no question about it. Gabe, let's talk about, the first of all, the addition of Dave Brower to the Red Mile team. And, of course, Dave has been doing the Meadowlands for quite some time now. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's written books about handicapping. He's one of the most astute handicappers I know, one of the great ambassadors of the sport of harness racing, somebody you've had a chance to work with over the past couple of seasons at the Meadowlands. And it certainly has to be exciting for you uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to join Dave Brower down on the Red Mile team. You know, it really is, Mike. Uh, Dave is a, is a consummate uh, professional, uh, excellent at what he does. You know, we're lucky to have him in the sport of harness racing. He could uh, literally, you know, work in broadcasting in, in any avenue or arena. Uh, I'm convinced of that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to have him on board. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of good things planned. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of freedom as well to see how to do things how he sees fit here. You know, we built that outdoor stage that uh, he'll be working from primarily there in the grandstand. I'm sure we have a lot of special guests on. We'll be tossing in some handicapping, winter circle interviews. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a uh, a uh, really fun two weeks. 
Now, Gabe, obviously uh, every track presents its uh, presents its struggles, so to speak, presents its challenges. And one thing about the Red Mile is something me and you found out real quick last year was knowing every world and every track record that there is known to man. Is that one of the biggest challenges when you come to Lexington during this meet? Well, it's just something – there are a lot of, of more challenges than you would have at a, on a normal race meet. First and foremost, we have a uh, – uh, every race has a namesake. And every race has a sponsor. So essentially you have two two things to prep for a little bit on every race. You want to get some background information. and Obviously we want to uh, to do our sponsors well uh, that support, you know, the, the tradition of Grand Circuit Racing at the Red Mile. So you have to kind of prep for that. Uh, and secondly, yes, world records. I just printed them out this morning. I wanted a fresh copy, fresh list. And, and the best way to do it, Mike, as you know, this is maybe not the way I have always done it. <laughs> Uh, but the uh, best way to do that is to uh, this is to go ahead and write the world record at the top of the program every single race because you just um, you just don't know what could happen. Uh, as you guys remember, there was a late closer I believe last year where the uh, the Ohio side filled a uh, I'm Pink too I believe is her name where she trotted sub 50 you know in the first race of the day uh, in a late closer. So you know that they can when you least expect it uh, put up some big league uh, times down here. So you better just be on your toes. Uh, everything you know, every single race. So, so with the addition of the sponsors and the the namesakes and the world records, it, it definitely adds another element to, to a day of uh, race golf. You know, Gabe, one of the things about last year uh, that nobody really knows about, nobody really saw us up there. Uh, I kind of made my makeshift office up at the <laughs> announcer's booth with you, and uh, I'll kind of do that again this year, except I'll be running a camera outside, then running the cart inside, uh, ingesting the video and things of that sort. But it was a thumbs-up, thumbs-down world record kind of moment for us, because I would give you the thumbs-up if it was and the thumbs-down if it wasn't. You know, it's just you know, just how it went. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. Uh, you really have to be on top of your game. You know, and there are world records. We've got track records, of course, and, and you know, and, and we all know how many world records we have in harness racing. So if you have a race where it's a, uh, say, a mixed type late closure with three, four, and five year olds, you know, how many d- different world records are going to be potentially uh, reached in that race, depending on who wins the race. So there, there are a lot of things that uh, that you have to uh, to keep in mind. So yeah, you, you literally have to be on your toes all the time with that. Visiting with Game Pro at the Voice of the Grand Circuit meet out the Red Mile. Gabe, let's attack this from a handicapping point of view. You've got horses coming from all over the place competing at the Red Mile, and we got to kind of guess who's going to like the surface, who doesn't, a lot of different factors because it is, quite frankly, a, a different kind of racetrack than uh, all the other racetracks in America. From a handicapping point of view, how are we supposed to attack this? Well, it's, it does give us some interesting challenges. Uh, Mike, you said it. Horses are just coming from all over. These regional programs are so strong uh, in this day and age from state to state. A, a lot of times we see it's a case where horses are going to hook up uh, for the first time, maybe against open-type company. Uh, for instance, we've got a, a great race to kick off a Saturday card. We've got the Kentucky Sire Stakes champion, Catch the Fire, uh, a horse you're familiar with as well. Mike, he was third in the Pennsylvania championship. Uh, a very talented colt, uh, son of Captain Treacherous. I believe it was the cheapest Captain Treacherous sold at auction last year, just 15000 bucks. But he's already made almost a quarter million for trainer John Ackley and the connections. He's going to take on the undefeated Ohio champion, Elver Hanover, a son of Yankee Cruiser, who's seven for seven for Ron Burke. So, you know, you get those type of intriguing matchups uh, that really make things uh, interesting. We've got uh, several races. Uh, the first three days uh, that that are just completely wide open, the type of races that were just extremely difficult to make a morning line on, uh, you could really see them betting uh, just a host of horses. So if you do have a strong opinion, uh, you know, you could really uh, be rewarded uh, in some of these races. Uh, you know, if you've been following a particular circuit, uh, you know, we've got <clears> – <throat> excuse me, guys. Great to be losing my voice before the car starts today. But um, we've got a <laughs> slew of horses. Uh, coming in from Pennsylvania, for instance. So if you follow that Pennsylvania sire stakes circuit throughout the summer, uh, as I'm sure you guys have uh, in most cases, you know, you've got really a leg up on a lot of folks here as as we've got uh, just numerous horses in uh, all three days uh, coming from uh, basically every circuit, but especially Pennsylvania. Now, Gabe, obviously the Kentucky Sire Stakes Circuit has kind of been reinvigorated over the past couple of years with the uh, dual registry available now. And, you know, one thing about the Kentucky Sire Stakes program, it's produced some of Lexington's greatest champions. How important is it uh, when you're looking at the program, if you see some of the Kentucky Sire Stakes horses coming in, you know, how much play do you have to give them? Well, I think it's just added a, a different element. Obviously, I was just going through the sale catalog uh, for uh, some of you. That's another 
element that we've added, obviously, with, during this week. We've got the sale coming up next week, and that's that's a whole other thing that we try to interact and get involved. We have some of the consigners on air with us. You know, I like to mention any time a horse wins if they've got a, uh, you know, sibling in the uh, sale coming up. Uh, you know, so it really adds a lot of value to those foals. I mean, I'm not sure what it does in terms of, like, a betting standpoint, but, uh, you know, I believe Greenshoe's got a full brother in. Uh, Maverick hit 44. He's, he's a dual-eligible uh, son of Father Patrick. Uh, so you've really got just the, the premier horses being offered in the sale are, are now dual-eligible. Does that necessarily mean that they will come and race with us in Kentucky? Not necessarily. They may stay on the Grand Circuit Stakes, but, uh, you know, it does give uh, anyone out there bidding on yearlings just a different – excuse me, guys, again, the uh, different avenue to uh, to go with. So um, I think it's a great thing, and uh, obviously sometimes we do get those superstars in town. You guys saw our recent championships. You know, we had horses like Greenshoe win a Kentucky final. Uh, Better's Wish uh, took one as well. So we're getting a lot uh, of talent uh, in this part of the country uh, even earlier than the Grand Circuit these days. Gabe, we better let you get out of here, dude, because it's not, it sounds like your voice is going. You better make one extra stop to the CBS or Walgreens and grab yourself some cough drops, my friend. This is not good timing. You know what? I have, I will admit one thing readily, guys. I have never been an afternoon post guy. I know it's going to shock you, but uh, I like to kind of get built up and uh, and teed up for the, uh, for the night program, handicapped during the day. I sort of have my routine, so anytime I go with an afternoon post time, whether it's a thoroughbred, a grand circuit, it sort of throws me out of my element a little bit. So uh, we'll hope. Uh, hopefully, I'll get dialed in here. I've still got a couple of hours. I'm sure uh, for hours going to be uh, helping me as well. All right, fantastic. We're Gabe listening. As always, it's a pleasure, my friend. And uh, this is one of our favorite times of year because the racing is so good down there. It's uh, really a jewel of the sport of harness racing, the Red Mile down in Lexington. And uh, listen, you got all the great drivers, all the great horses, big track racing, uh, good value, good wagering opportunities. It's it's uh, it's a great thing for harness racing to have the Red Mile kicking strong. Gabe, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. And uh, best of luck to you up in the booth. All right, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, have a great weekend. I'll be tuned in to you guys listening uh, to some of the thoroughbred action this weekend. Great time. Uh, All right, thanks, Gabe. All right, that was our man Gabe Pruitt. And, uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure to have Gabe on the show. I mean, Gabe is a really, really good guy, and you want to talk about somebody that's really good for the sport of harness racing, that does a lot for the sport of harness racing in many different ways. I don't think you have to look any farther than Gabe Pruitt. No, not at all. Gabe does a fantastic job from a gambling aspect, from a customer service aspect. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they don't realize the kind of customer service he provides, not only on their social, on social media, but in the grandstands, anybody can stop him. He's a very approachable guy, except for the fact that he's a Dodgers fan. He's a pretty good dude. Yeah. I, and you know what, and, and, and all kidding aside, I mean, how important is it to have the Twitter outreach that that, that he does? I mean, to interact oh, sure. with racing fans on Twitter. And, and you know what, honestly, um, that's something I think we all need to do. And and I'll be the first to admit I don't do it as much as I should. But uh, Gabe is, is always there interacting. And you know what? Here's the thing about interacting with fans on social media. It's not going to be fun all the time. No, not at all. Not at you all. Know. You're gonna take you know, you're gonna take your fair share of crap, but you do it, and you go on. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's but but the the interaction that Gabe has with fans and the interaction you guys have with fans with the with the the, the harness racing fan zone and you personally is is really cool and that's something that we need in the sport of harness racing. We need that interaction. We need badly that social media presence because uh, you know quite frankly we and we've talked about it before. Uh, you know, harness racing kind of missed the the TV generation. You know, and uh, sure. now everything's on everything's on social media, everything's on the computer and, and YouTube and all that. And and that's I think where we need to focus. But anyway, uh, we, we we wanted to get Gabe out of here. We didn't even take a timeout yet. We wanted to get Gabe out of here because he's obviously running up against post time. But we do have a good show for you. We got a lot more left to come on this edition. Barry Vicroy, the fine track announcer of Dayton Raceway, is going to be joining us. And Mike, they've got a big Friday night coming up. Oh, yeah, they've got a fantastic Friday night with the Dayton Pacing and Trotting Derbies. It's always a big night of racing. And how about horses like Mission Accepted? We'll have to ask Barry about him. Uh, Mission Accepted uh, was an Ohio bred that kind of came on the stage in the Earl Beale Memorial last year, if you remember, where Ryan Stahl went out to uh, went out to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. He's now in the Burke Barn, so it's kind of cool to see him kind of grow and kind of come together. 
Plus, that's our, we got a couple of monthly segments that we're going to knock out today. The Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association's Director of Digital Media and Creative Services, Andrew Dembski, is going to be joining us. So we're going to talk to him. Plus, we're going to talk to Janine Gessick, and she is the president and co-founder of Facing for the Cure. So a lot going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDM. We're going to take our first time out. When we come back, Barry Vicroy will be in the house. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, and we'll be back. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the uh, – I want to call him the famed announcer because, uh, you know, we, there was a race at Sciota a couple years ago. Always be Mickey and Wiggly Jiggly that he's pretty well known for, Mr. Barry Vicroy. What's going on, Barry? Uh, just enjoying a beautiful morning. Just enjoying a beautiful morning. It is a beautiful morning in Southern Ohio. And uh, listen, you guys have a fantastic card coming up on Friday night at Dayton Raceway. It's going to be hot. And that's the key word there, I think, is uh, how hot it's going to be and how lightning fast the track is going to be on Friday night. But first, uh, I believe we've had you on a couple of times. But for those who maybe don't know who you are, uh, tell them who you are and how you got your start. Uh, I was just lucky enough to fall into the job uh, announcing at Scioto Downs, and then when uh, Expanded Gaming came to Ohio, then I moved on to uh, added Dayton Raceway and Miami Valley Raceway as well. Barry, Mike Bozich here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, announcing, because actually, Mike, I do think this is the first time Barry's been on the program. I don't remember Barry being on the program before, but uh, Barry, let's talk about what made you want to get into announcing. I uh, just always... Always enjoyed the announcers when I when I was growing up. Go to the uh, we go to Lebanon Raceway with my dad and uh, Roger Houston's uncle Don Houston was the announcer there for the longest time. And when I was a little kid, I would run around the house after the, you know after being down at the races for the next day, just run around the house imitating him. And uh, when I got into racing and uh, you know started at the bottom, dumping wheelbarrows and changing water buckets, and moved up and learned how to actually equip the horse and started going to Scioto. I started working for uh, Mary and Sam Coven, the first people I worked for. And when I would be done with uh, our horse racing, I would sit on the back stretch. And I think Steve, Car- Steve Cross was the announcer at Scioto. And I remember sitting there thinking, man, it would be so cool to be the announcer at Scioto Downs. And uh, things worked out. 
All right, Barry. Well, let's 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 dive into a couple of these races on Friday night. The Dayton Trotting Derby. What a field this has turned into for over one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. And Mission Accepted draws the inside. And many of the Ohio people may remember Mission Accepted for his uh, work on the Ohio Sire Stakes circuit. But he went to the Grand Circuit stage last year for the first time in the Earl Memorial. He returns here for trainer Ron Burke. You have Bridge to Jesse's from Post Three. Speeding Spur is an interesting play with Brian Sears aboard, a fantastic field of horses here. Yeah, the one that I'm interested in, and I haven't haven't gotten to see him this year, was the, the Ohio Bred 2 Obi-Wan Kenobi. You set the track record at uh, Sider Downs for a three-year-old trotter last year. And uh, Custom Chemtab draws the outside for Chris Beaver. But uh, she is she's tough, and uh, Dayton's a track that horses can live on the outside for a while, so it might set up for her because uh, – the overland route with, you know, with no passing lane at Dayton, you really won't want to be caught to the inside. So there's a number of horses that it could set up for, but the, you said that it was going to be hot and lightning fast. And this track is unbelievably fast right now. Horses are dropping, you know, Scioto Downs is known as a fast track, but horses are dropping two seconds off of their times from Scioto Downs. Um, last week in the open pace, which I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second, is Western Fame. He paced 49 and just got beat in the Ewer, and he came back last night or last week. It was like a training mile in 48, and we've seen horses that have been pacing in 53 or trotting. You know, they're dropping two seconds. The track is lightning fast, so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of a a, a track record. But, but you know, it's it's an interesting. This would be my first look at fifty dollar bill. Heard a lot about him and Speeding Spur as well, and I've seen I know my chip a lot. Mission accepted. Um, and I thought he was really going to be something special on the Grand Circuit last year for an Ohio bred. And it looked like in the middle of the summer he just kind of soared up, and that was when he was with Jeff Conger, but he's moved on to uh, the Ron Burke Barn in 50-2 uh, and two this year on a mile track. That's not too bad. Barry, let's take a look at the Dayton Pacing Derby. You've got a good field of eight. Obviously, McWicked uh, is going to be the slight favorite here, five to two. But, I mean, you've got this is the plan. And here, Courtly Choice, uh, we saw him uh, winning the Pepsi North America Cup. You've got Western Fame. You've got some really, really nice horses in here. Well, as I said, you know, Western Fame last Saturday night, um, it was the second start in Dan Noble's barn for him, which he finished second in a dead heat in the Jim Ewart. Uh, and he paced 49 that night. And I kind of thought with uh, the track record for uh, for him was going to be for an age pacer was at the time was 48 and four, which was state treasurer a few years ago in the Dayton Pacing Derby. And uh, I told I I kind of got with the judges before and I said he's going to break the track record. You know, everything's been dropping time off of Sciota. He paced 49 in Sciota and he only had to lose a fifth. Um, he did 48 and one like easy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Mick Wicked, you know, he's always tough and uh like I said, this is a track that horses can live on the outside, and, you know, that's kind of going to be his – I think that's going to be his trip, some kind of a, a cover trip for McWicked from there. But the one that really intrigues me is, don't tell me again, uh, last year in the Ewer, he had a similar performance where he closed late to get a big part of it and then went to Hoosier Park and posted a 25 and a piece last quarter and then came to Dayton, and then he put the fastest mile up, 47-4 and four in the Dayton Pacing Derby last year. So it's set up exactly the same way this year for Don't Tell Me Again, and he's a closer, so I'm not worried about the outside post for him either. All right, very good. Well, Barry, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck uh, to you come on come Friday night. It's a great card and a couple of great races, certainly. Yeah, and we've, you know, it goes on. I, I believe we have the Buckeye Stallion Series finals on, on uh, Sunday afternoon. So, I mean – the Ohio racing has just picked up, and it's it's just a great thrill to be a part of it. Certainly has. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that was Barry Vickroy. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, Barry brought up a great point about Ohio racing. And, of course, you live in Ohio, and you've seen it firsthand, how the addition of expanded gaming has helped, not only at the Paramutual racetracks, Mike, but uh, certainly the fairs as well. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely grown up, that's for sure. And you're starting to see more and more horses from the Ohio uh, Sire Stake Circuit wind up on the Grand Circuit stage. I've actually got a percentage of one that will be in the Buckeye Stallion Series finals on Sunday, so we're waiting for the draw for that to come out. Uh, so a bunch of the horseplay stables are uh, anxious to see uh, how we draw for the final on Sunday. All right, still lots left to come on this edition of Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Our good friend Shades, Andrew Dempsey, will be joining us here in just a few minutes. 
He is the Director of Digital Media and Creative Services for the PHRA, the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association, and he will talk to us about what's going on in Pennsylvania Horse Racing. Plus, we're going to talk to Janine Gessick, the President and Co-Founder of Pacing for the Cures. Our monthly Pacing for the Cures segment is coming up in a few minutes as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raise to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th. And eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter and Mike Bozich joining you live from the USTA studios in Columbus. And we talked a little bit about Ohio racing, Mike, but how about PA? You uh, you get to call the races at some of the PA sire stakes, and uh, you've been to some of the fairs. And what an amazing time it is to have uh, racing in Pennsylvania. I have no idea what number I give shades. 
I, I give him a complete wrong number that I have no idea where I got it from. Did did he call like some sort of one eight hundred text number or something? Heck, who the heck knows? What I don't know. Please, dear God, I tell give, me. Here's what him. I give him. Here, here here's what I give him. I give him eight oh five nine two five oh seven one three. Not even close. Not even in the ballpark. The the area code was right. Oh man. Mike, I'm I, I'm I am completely gone. Fired. I, I, I am just, Absolutely I'm just, fired. I am in I'm telling you right now, I'm orbiting around Jupiter somewhere or something. This is this is crazy. But anyway, so uh, Shane's got the right number now, so we're gonna be good. But yeah, exactly. The fair the fair finals and all that just wrapped up in Pennsylvania. A lot going on in Pennsylvania. It's uh you know, we just talked about Ohio, Mike, and how uh successful Ohio is since the advent of expanded gaming and, and Pennsylvania has been uh, obviously just as successful. They've had expanded gaming for quite some time now. And uh, it has certainly bolstered not only the purses and, and uh, the breeding program here in Pennsylvania, but also the uh, fairs as well. And, you know, Mike, we talked about how successful the fairs were in Ohio and the same thing here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing that you guys have going on. And now that Andrew isn't calling the 1-800 crazy person number. Uh, thanks to my man, Mike Bozich. Uh, we can talk about those uh, fair races. Andrew, so nice of you to join us. Uh, just, just ignore him. Shay, do yeah, answer the a... phone. Who, 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 whose number was that? I, I was literally ringing and your little message popped up. So I hung up right away. I really should have hung on an extra two minutes to find out though. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's talk about Pennsylvania. What uh, you are the uh, the director of digital media and creative services for the PR, PHRA, and and obviously the PHRA has got a very big social media presence. So you certainly have done a heck of a job there, and and uh, you know putting the schedules up and just making people aware of Pennsylvania horse racing and promoting with the Wager Warriors. Just a lot of different things going on. So tell us what's going on in the in the world of Pennsylvania horse racing these days. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, all the kind words. Uh, we just kind of got over a crazy couple of weeks on the uh, thoroughbred side. We had the, the Prescott Isle Mile, and then the next weekend we had the Pennsylvania Derby. So we had a lot going on, and anyone who follows us on social media, I hope uh, they got a chance to see some of our content. And you can follow us on social media, at uh, Penn Horse Racing. That's Twitter, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, Instagram or follow me at Shades on Racing. I pretty much share all of our content myself anyway. Uh, but I think we put out a lot of good stuff the uh, last couple of weeks on the Thoroughbred side. And coming up, we're going to be covering um, the uh, Fair Finals coming up on October 5th at the Meadows. So that's our next kind of big push and big project. Now, Shades, I'm going to dabble into the Thoroughbreds uh, a little bit coming up uh, this weekend, and we'll talk about that in a second because I'm headed down to your neck of the woods, South Florida. But what's it been like to kind of take over things and marketing and things of that sort in the state of Pennsylvania with all the reinvigoration? Yeah, it's actually been really great. I mean, I, like I initially told you, gentlemen, I mean, I only came here because I know uh, how forward-moving Pennsylvania has been, uh, and they really are open to a, a lot of pretty cool things. Uh, and we have a lot of neat things in the works. I don't know how much I can talk about until it's finalized, but I know um, I know uh, my counterpart, Ashley Eisenbill, is having a very interesting meeting regarding a potential virtual reality experience coming to Pennsylvania uh, through the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association and that's actually all kind of in the works right now. So that's certainly going to be uh, pretty neat. And I've seen it and worked on uh, parts of it myself. Uh, we have a new uh, how-to series we're going to launch over the next couple of weeks, which has been great. Um, and that's going to come to our social media. Uh, basic things people might not know when they get to the track, how, how to uh, place a bet, how to read the program, uh, basic structure of bets, a bunch of videos here, a bunch of videos I put together that we're going to be releasing. Uh, so we do have a lot of really cool digital content coming out uh, next couple of weeks, and I hope that just continues to complement some of the uh, work we've been doing. Shade, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Pennsylvania Fair Circuit. Uh, we talked uh, just about Ohio's and how that Fair Circuit has certainly bloomed with the uh, advent of uh, the additional revenue from expanded gaming. Same deal here in Pennsylvania, and we just went through the Fair Finals. Tell us a little bit about uh, that experience. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what? For me uh, personally, I, I 
prior to this summer, I haven't been to any uh, standard bread fairs. And I'll tell you what, anybody who has not had a chance to experience uh, some fair racing, especially the standard bread fairs, please, I mean, it, it happens all summer. Obviously, it's wrapping up with the finals now at the Meadows coming up. Um, but find find a day, find a weekend to get out and experience it. It is unlike anything uh, I've experienced. I think it's phenomenal. I, I mean, Yes, sometimes you want to experience like the, the grandiose, uh, you know, or an actual, not an actual racetrack, but a racetrack like Harris or, or like the Meadows or like Pocono uh, with a grandstand and whatnot. But a lot of these fairs have the small, adorable grandstands. Diehard fans come out because there's no wagering on it. So it's really, it's really the only time prior to, uh, with the exception, I should say, of some really big races I've been to where fans applaud the horses as they come through the stretch. I mean, they really appreciate the game. So uh, it's a, certainly a really cool experience, and uh, I'm excited to see some of the horses coming out of it because a lot of these horses kind of get overlooked um, when they go on uh, to race in their futures. But we have a lot of really nice two-year-olds around at the fairs this year, and obviously you have pennants leading the charge, um, which could be really exciting. I think we won nine times at the fairs. Uh, but like I said, the experience of fair racing is kind of unlike anything I've had a chance to see prior to this, and I was absolutely amazed at how much fun I had going to the fair racing. Now, Andrew, what has that transition been like for you? Obviously, you come from the thoroughbred industry, and now you're having to market not only the thoroughbreds but the harness as well. How was that transition for you? And uh, it seems like you've handled it pretty pretty well, and you're starting to uh, enjoy both breeds some. Yeah, I, I absolutely am. Um, I, I tell you what, a lot of it, uh, a lot of the, uh, or just the way that it's, the transition has been made easy is because uh, the standard bread, I want to say people, and I mean that in general, from uh, the backside to uh, front office staff, uh, I mean, everyone's been so inviting and so helpful. So it seems it seems a lot of uh, traders and grooms and drivers they're so willing to kind of open up and and help out on the marketing side and they're kind of willing to to do anything. Uh, so uh, because of how open they are, it actually makes it super easy for me to to pitch ideas to them and they dive right in. I mean, we we had drivers at the fairs dress up in hot dog suits for National Hot Dog Day. I mean, people seem to be willing to do almost. <laughs> Almost anything you ask. So, uh, yeah, the transition's been super easy, but that's because the people have been so great that I've had the opportunity to work with. Shades, uh, one more thing before we let you go. Of course, the Harrisburg sale is coming up. So many great horses come out of the Harrisburg sale. It's one of the premier sales uh, that we look forward to each and every year. Tell us about uh, that a little bit, and uh, I believe this will be your first experience, right? It will be, and I, I plan on being there for the entire week. The uh, the Black Book Sale, the Harrisburg Standard Bird Sale, is going to be uh, November 4th to the 8th. I think it's three days of yearlings, and you have a mixed portion on the last two days. And it really is, um, from what I'm understanding, I haven't been there, obviously, but, I mean, you have people shipping in from other countries. <laughs> this is going to be a tremendous sale. And, you know, me marketing it and our, our marketing push is going to kind of start on social media pretty soon uh, for the sale. Uh, I get to discover how many you know, Pennsylvania bred champions really pass through this sale. So it's kind of cool to learn. You always know Pennsylvania has always been, uh, you know, has, has a stronghold in the standard bred industry, and so many nice uh, PA breads uh, exist and have gone on to great careers and, and great uh, after uh, racing careers. But uh, uh, to be able to experience it at the sale should be super exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out of it this year. Now, Andrew, you've gotten to dabble into calling some races, and uh, I get to the luxury of headed down to Gulfstream Park on Sunday to call a few races. And uh, you know, what what advice do you have for for a guy, a harness guy like me, when uh, when, when you're calling the thoroughbreds? I got 14 going seven the first race that I'm calling. So uh, th- that that's about the going nerves. seven. Yeah, if you get through that whole field, congrats to you. That's gonna be uh, <laughs> that's gonna be tough. Uh, I tell you what, yeah, they move slightly faster, but you know what? Uh, you've done it for so long, and both of you have done it for so long that uh, you kind of know to just slow everything down a little bit. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if you get through the field once, great. But a great call is kind of made by uh, the announcer. You guys do such a good job, Michael. You, I mean, you'll be just fine at Gulfstream. Yeah, it's hard to you fill Pete's big shoes, but uh, I tell you what, we, we split that race kind of goofing around uh, at Tampa last summer. I have to watch it back, and I think I, every race I've ever called, I mean, 
it's just me being me. I'm a very laid back, kind of casual, go with the flow guy. I just, I'm, just, I'm a relatively quiet person, I think. Uh, and that's kind of, I let that transition into any race I've called. That of course you have Pete jumping in, and he's uh, you know he talks faster than anybody I know. So uh, don't don't try to fill Pete's shoes. You do a great job. You're gonna be just fine <laughs> at Gulfstream. And you know what? You're there. Is it Sunday? Isn't that a mandatory Sunday. payout for them? Mandatory oh, payout man. day. So everybody will be watching. I was gonna say you're gonna have a bigger audience than uh, <laughs> than a normal. Than Sunday. normal, Good right? Oh boy! Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Mike. Mike will do just fine. I, Mike, uh, let, let me tell you something. If you can call races from the booth at uh, Gulfstream Park West, then you can call anywhere. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> right. Well, listen, yeah, Chase, we certainly pre- a- hey, listen, hey, buddy, have you you you've been up the, you've been to Gulfstream Park West, right? The old Calder. I, I have not been to the tin can announcers booth though that uh, that everyone kind of talks about. Uh, but the announcers booth at Gulfstream is gorgeous. Yeah, he'll have no problems calling out of that booth. So, uh, you know, I've seen the pictures of Gulfstream West of the announcers booth, yeah. but I've never been inside of it, and I'm uh, I'm going to try to avoid hopping inside of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I've 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 never been there, but I've heard some horror stories. And listen. If you, I've heard if you can call there, you can call anywhere. Shades, it's always a pleasure, my friend. We certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll catch up with you next month. All right, gentlemen, you take care. All right, that was Shades. You know, it's 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 interesting, Mike. We uh, talk as we go through, you know, in, in sub at different racetracks and you know different booths, uh, you know, in the challenges that it presents to a race caller. Like, I'll give you a really good example. Like this time of year. Uh, when when here at Harris Philly, when we get into like uh, you know the end of September, October, November, um, the sun's in a different part of the sky than it usually is like in the summertime. So like right. the first three or four races, if if it's not cloudy, if it's sunny, the sun is right in your eyes, and it really presents some major challenges. Yeah, you know that was one thing I had to deal with at uh, Gulfstream West in the in the late part of the day. The sun would set in the far turn, and trying to call into the sun is just never easy, especially when you don't have a television to look at. So, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun, and uh, you know, we'll get ready for the weekend. All right. And up next, we're going to hear from Janine Gessick. She is the president and co-founder of Pacing for the Cure. She's going to give us an update on what's going on. Some good stuff always going on at Pacing for the Cure. Such a, a great cause, fighting multiple sclerosis and more. That's right. And more. And if you want to know what that more is, stick around for the next segment. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. I'll be back in just a moment. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 55. Whitbank Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitbank Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. By Ben America and the USTA. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Right now we're joined by Janine Gessick. She is the president and the co-founder of Pacing for the Cure. It's our monthly Pacing for the Cure segment. Janine, how are you? Great, great. How are you, Mike? We're doing fantastic. Let's get right to business and uh, good things going on with Pacing for the Cure. And I heard that Pacing for the Cure is actually expanding their reach in offering medical equipment support for other autoimmune and neurological conditions. Tell us about it. 
yeah, at our last Pacing for the Cure board meeting, our board of directors approved expanding the equipment support that we've been giving for individuals living with MS to those with neurologic and autoimmune diseases. So cerebral palsy as an example, rheumatoid arthritis, muscular dystrophy, Parkinson's disease, and ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. So we are able to do this, Mike, um, because we have met 100% of the requested support for those living with MS and financial need. And because of the very generous support that we receive from our donors, not only at our events, but throughout the entire year. Um, so Jeff and I are so thrilled that we're now going to be able to help more individuals while continuing to fund um, cutting-edge human immunology research as well to find a cure. Janine, how could individuals with these conditions request support from Pacing for the Cure? Well, it's really simple, Mike. Um, individuals with any of these medical conditions who need assistance with scooters, lift chairs, or wheelchairs, they can reach out to um, either Jeff or myself um, at info at pacingforthecure.org. Um, we also have a mobility aid application that's available on our Pacing for the Cure website. That application is very short, easy to complete, and once it's submitted, um, we will be reviewing it for eligibility. So um, Jeff and I are really thrilled that um, we can help individuals struggling um, with MS that are having some mobility challenges um, be able to provide the necessary equipment that can help support them. Um, as you know, Mike, our goal is to be able to help people in the here and now and um, if we can provide something like a lift chair that can help them, um, you know, get up and down easier or um, a scooter that could be used in the home or out, um, we certainly are um, very interested in providing that support to as many people as we can. So we encourage people who, if they need assistance and they meet the financial criteria, that um, to please reach out for us and we're happy to assist. Just a reminder, multiple sclerosis is, in fact, an autoimmune disease, correct? Yes. In fact, multiple sclerosis is one of 100 autoimmune diseases that does have neurologic and neuromuscular impact. MS symptoms, as you know, Mike, can vary from individual to individual and across an individual's lifespan of the disease. So this is one of those conditions that you don't hear that much about, mentioned as commonly as you may cancer or heart disease. But it is really important to note that um, the medical research is now showing that finding a cure for um, a disease such as multiple sclerosis might just have the benefits for curing other autoimmune diseases like lupus, juvenile diabetes, just to name two of them. So we're really excited um, to be able to support the human-based immunology research and because we believe that at some point it's going to help benefit many other autoimmune diseases. Good stuff. Well, I know you've had a busy summer, Janine, and we've got a very special event coming up next week. I am super excited about it. Tell us what you have planned. Yes, yeah, so we will be at Harris, Philadelphia on Friday, October 4th. Um, it is a very special day for um, our guest family because it happens to be the second year anniversary of the passing of our beloved William J. Gessick, who is really the inspiration behind Jeff and I co-founding Pacing for the Cure. Um, so for that event, we'll have an MS walk starting at 3 p.m. We would love for the horsemen and all the race fans in the community to come out and support us. We will also have a, a table set up. We'll be selling some, some new fall merchandise. We have some great hoodies and long sleeve t-shirts. We'll have some raffle items. And even that evening, Mike, we'll have a memorial race in William's honor. So we're really looking forward to coming out to Harris that evening. And we're also, once again, we talked off the air about how fast time goes. We're nearing the premier annual dinner party in Harrisburg. How is that event shaping up? Well, that event is really coming together nicely, thanks to the support from the association, breeding farms, the racetrack, and individual donors that have been sponsoring tables. Um, so just a reminder, Mike, the event will take place during the Harrisburg Young Sale, 
on Monday, November 4th. So we are back at the Best Western Hotel and Conference Centers. This really is an ideal location, and it's convenient to the farm show complex. So um, we will have great food and an open bar. We'll have DJ entertainment, raffle prizes, a 50-50, and really so much more. So um, our goal, as it is every year, Mike, we will be celebrating our successes and the new programs, and we really look forward to getting together with all of our supporters and um, we even expect to see some new faces in the crowd, um, some of our new brand ambassadors from Maine, New England, New York, and believe it or not, Mike, Edmonton, Ontario. So um, we will be celebrating um, not only our volunteers and supporters and the brand ambassadors, as I, I have mentioned, but, you know, Mike, really, we've had a lot of support this year, collecting donations, um, selling the PFT. PFTC merchandise, um, but we also want to make sure that we continue to recognize the drivers that are supporting us in the Dollar Per Win Challenge. This year, we're excited to announce that we did sign up some new drivers in 2019. Um, we'll also be highlighting the women caretakers who are proudly showcasing their wins for the cause. Um, and we may, in fact, unveil the name of the very generous female donor who's been sponsoring the caretakers and the Dollar Per Win Challenge. So, yes, we have a lot of exciting things um, scheduled for the Harrisburg Dinner Party. We still have tickets for sale in addition to the um, table sponsorship. So if anyone's interested in that, they can always reach out to Jeff or myself um, for more information. Um, we also have a flyer that's out on our website under the event um, tab, so um, we'll continue to be pushing that event um, throughout October as we get close to, to November. Now, are you still accepting sponsorships for this annual event? Absolutely. We would love to, um, to continue to receive any additional table sponsorships or any, any level of sponsorship, um, Mike, that anyone's willing to provide. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Horsemen's Associations and the racetracks, um, I think we've received 90, 95% of those um, sponsorships. And um, what's really nice about that is those sponsorships allow members of um, the individual teams to come out and really enjoy them that what turns out to be a very busy week. Um, so if anyone is interested in sponsoring this event, they can um, email us at sponsors at pacingforthecure.org. And are you accepting raffle items or other donations? Yes, you bet. Um, we are gladly taking any raffle items that anyone would like to donate for the event, whether it be a raffle basket, um, monetary donations, and the term in... Um, you're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, 
your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. All right. Special thanks to all of our guests for coming on the program today. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday with a first post of 10.30 a.m. Good night, everybody. No!